0: Um hello this is the podcast of Cadmus Change this is our first episode we are new on this and uh, uh, I would like you uh, I would like to introduce you to the team uh, I'm uh, Bly I'm a cognitive neuropsychologist and currently I work in software um have uh, ex- extensive experience in uh, coaching and helping companies to improve, obviously, the human potential. Uh, What about you, Pio? Tell us about yourself.
1: Yes. So, uh, hello, everyone. Um, I'm a um, co-founder of Cadmus Change together with Bly, and uh, this is our, indeed, first episode. Uh, I'm a, a managing director for an HR company uh, we've uh, also extensive business experience in this one, and together with Bly, we've been working for the last uh, almost one and a half year to adapt our knowledge and uh, coaching uh, development, and we would like to share our findings and uh, results of the research with you in the, this and the future episodes of the podcast.
0: Nice. Uh, sounds, I think, very clear. Um since it's our first episode, we we wanted to create, like, a, an environment for the people to understand what we want to, to discuss in this podcast. Um, Piotr, um, tell us uh, a little bit more about uh, which will be uh, our focus today.
1: Yeah, so... Uh we what we did in the last the last one and a half year we looked at the interesting topics and we were able to define eight areas of interest. We'll not go today through all eight, but they will be described in in all the future episodes. For today, we chose as a topic the cognitive flexibility. And cognitive flexibility was something that uh, you also introduced to to me some time ago as a a field of your studies at Cambridge University a couple of years back. And what we did based on that, we uh, selected five topics. Uh, where we used the uh, cognitive flexibility and the science of it in applicability for a business. Those five selected topics are the innovation, succession policy, flexibility, leadership, and the path or the way transition from employee to entrepreneur. And today we're going to focus on the first one, which is the innovation. And um, uh, as you know, Bly, we we also did a case about it. Um, maybe you could also say something about uh, the case itself and uh, how we see the innovation and what is maybe from your medical perspective and a scientific perspective, the cognitive flexibility.
0: Yeah, perfect. Yes. Uh, actually, to to start with, uh, people maybe are not familiar with the concept of cognitive flexibility, but this extended uh, uh is a very well known concept in the neuroscience scientific research and it goes to the idea that uh we have certain ex- executive functions that are uh performed by the brain pro uh, actually located in a specific part of the brain that we can map that we can track that we can test. So that that is why it was interesting to add this concept to the business uh, environment, so we can make a fusion between the, OK, what do we know about basic research about how the brain works, which is the information that we have available about how the business environment works, and how can we put this? To together and try to analyze predict explain recommend things based on this, so basically cognitive flexibility goes uh, or tries to explain how we adapt and this sounds very logical, like directly flexibility adapting, but it's a little bit more complex um The idea is that our brain uh, has certain capacities, mm, and that we develop and train. And this allows us to shift from an an idea to another, to correct it. For example, this is a a capacity that is, is studied in obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, people that cannot shift. They are uh, fixated in an idea and a behavior. So why not to study this related to regular behaviors, not the pathological behaviors? And that's when we come to the idea that if we take into account this innate capacity, we might find additional information that is not brought uh, to the business uh, literature regularly, but that it must be brought. Because we can see that when we add this concept or this capacity of the people, a lot of things that are uh, left Uh, Aside and not treated in the regular uh, business explanation Now if we add this it might have an explanation it might make sense and we can develop strategies to work with it to improve it and to really make the people understand better the what is the situation about themselves about their colleagues uh, managers can see better insights about their uh, the people in their teams sea uh, level sea uh, level people can see how the the different departments work because if ten people have certain trade that means that the team has a trade so uh Going into the topics that you mentioned that we were going to to discuss, um, yeah, we are going to start with uh, the idea of innovation and why uh, it's related with uh, cognitive flexibility. We have the case of uh, we chose the case of Toyota. Uh, maybe you can explain us a little bit more about uh, the case of Toyota and why we, we chose this for innovation.
1: Of course, of course I could and I, I will be glad to do it. Before I start, I would like to also ask you the, um, if you could introduce to our listeners why it is interesting for them to stick around and to learn more about the cognitive flexibility. How can be the applicability of this topic of interest for them and for their own business practice or just a regular life?
0: OK, yeah. Um, as I, said, I mentioned before, it's a, the cognitive flexibility concept is not a, a business-related one. It comes from the basic research in psychology, psychiatry. And bringing it and paying attention to cognitive, cognitive flexibility uh, can bring very um, unexpected insights about why we do what we do, wh- why we do the things how we do them. And it can help identify those areas that seem impossible to change. But if we do it in the way of treating this cognitive flexibility, not treating like as a disease, but as a training. We can see results uh, in the future. For example, uh, someone, if we divide, let's say, the the potential of our cognitive flexibility in 10, some people can have 8, some people can have 4. Um, if we can uh, identify which is, let's say, the the level in which we are, or a certain group of people are. Then we can say, look, if you want to innovate, if you want to have leadership, if you want to uh, be successful in a certain environment, and we add the possibility that they need to train their cognitive flexibility, then they have not the regular chances to succeed, but we are giving an additional tool that usually is not uh, pay attention to, um, to really uh, handle these, uh, let's say, uh, areas or necessities or intentions. Uh, and if we understand that we need flexibility or cognitive flexibility. Or almost every area in the business environment then we can use it to train it and to really improve it and what we are going to show is that the the big changes and big successes success of companies can be related with in a certain way with their level of cognitive flexibility. So, in order to really replicate uh, success, maybe we need to pay attention to cognitive flexibility a little bit more. And so it's a little we...
1: bit the so so Jose. So it's like a little bit understanding the cause and effect um, uh, relationship, but also to understand what is the what is the reason behind the cost. So understanding not only what happens, but also why it happens, and what are the chemical processes responsible for it, also on the individual basis. But of course, at the end of the day, the effect of the individual decisions made by CSU, but also by the teams, um, they, um, well, I would say they will find their results in overall, Um, outcome for the organization uh, in this one. So if we talk about the change, if we talk about the innovation, if we talk about the flexibility or lack of it, then we see that it is related to the concept of cognitive flexibility, as I said, also on the individual and a team basis. Is that correct?
0: Exactly. And the main idea is that we are bringing an additional tool into the table. So it's trainable, it's predictable, and helps to uh, really, like in any of these aspects that we are going to discuss, there is the reason behind uh, these uh, consequences. But um, yes, uh, it's helping to explain the reasons and even if we are going into the uh, let's say a little bit more brain uh, explanation of it to keep it applied we don't no. want to stay in the you know neuroscientific side because no. we want to bring it and say and how we do something about this
1: yeah i mean yeah. we we want to we also want to show our listeners the how we can apply the the neuroscientific knowledge, the concept into the normal business uh, practice, but also exactly. giving them the possibility to understand uh, what is happening so be, be, and, and, and uh, i think now going to the to the Toyota case, we see that it's like the mm-hmm. the, the, the the perfect example where the cognitive flexibility among the uh, management also uh, and among the uh, company as such um delivered great result and um uh, yeah well i will just uh, start um shortly a little bit the background story why we chose toyota um mm-hmm. and and what was so remarkable about this company and uh and why we chose it is because the um the, the, of course the the business where toyota was was the automotive which after the world war two was really a, a tough market, and where the Toyota was actually nearly destroyed, and uh, uh, and not very, uh, let's just say, competitive uh, for the American uh, car producers uh, like Ford or General Motors, uh, which literally were crashing Toyota. What what they did is that. Um, they were, of course, then looking for a possibility to survive and to look the, for the suitable solution for them. And what Toyota did is, the management said, "Okay, we need to change the way how we do it. Otherwise, we won't survive." And that was the crucial point. When they realized, either we change or we die. And this is the sense of urgency that is necessary for a company and for a team to make that step into transition. So the sense of urgency in this one, um, and what they said, we need to innovate. If we innovate, if we change, if we will think out of the box, we might survive. So they trusted an engineer um, that implemented just-in-time manufacturing approach, which changed everything. So instead of producing a lot of in-stock materials, components, ordering thousands of parts, They were just looking for how much exactly do they need for what. Because of that, they were able to be cash-efficient, cost-efficient, time-efficient, and they could use the money that having not been spent on inventory to allocate it in different areas, like research and development. And of course, this on the order side, the, 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 the flexibility, but also innovation on the order side, wasn't enough for them. So they introduced it also in the production side, coming up with the uh, with a lean concept for production materials. Um, what you see is that Toyota became, from once almost crushed and destroyed company, became the one of the major car producers in the world by 2017. It was, as a matter of fact, the second biggest car producer, just after the Volkswagen Group, and uh, it sold 10.2 million cars in 2017. So extremely interesting step. Uh, and and what you see is that the um, that what allowed them to do it is that they were thinking really out of the box. They they didn't stick to the old paths. They didn't stick to the tradition. They didn't stick to what they knew. Instead of that, they realized it's very, very late for us. We need to do something about it. If we want change, we want survive. And they took a risk, and they moved into innovation side, showing the applicability, practical applicability of cognitive flexibility, and as not only one individual but as a whole organization they made that transition and they made it successfully and now jose if you could give us a little bit glance on how you think was it possible for toyota to apply this for the whole organization and how how you buy the how do you organize the buy-in so you make sure that everyone is on board for this and what is the how to create this cognitive flexibility on a team organizational level?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that you mentioned clearly that they needed a change. The, there was a, an urgency and that it was a clear decision that they couldn't do it the way that they were doing it. And for this, you need to to divide, you know, like the people that uh, take the decisions and the people that will follow the decisions because they rely on on this uh, uh, higher level uh, decision-making strategy. So, first of all, uh, the team needed to really put into place uh, a drastic strategy, and this is not that easy. We talk about changes. And we talk about uh, innovation, but uh, this is all a product of uh, these cognitive processes. They they were having an idea, they had a, a feeling, and they they could have done the complete opposite and stay and double down on their strategy. And who knows what would have happened? But in this case, they really took. The difficult side why we, we why we give so much um, importance to innovation now because we, we we realize that it's not that easy it's really a complex process it's the the result of mixing clear ideas strategy clear methodology with abstract concepts that we don't know about their results, to bring a little, uh, what it's called, uh, informal way of thinking into a formal one. How is this um, represented in this case? Well, um, they didn't know what was going to happen. Someone came and gave an idea, a possibility of the future. and they had the luck that the people that listen to these ideas they were um ready in a certain way to change their previous
1: perspectives so and it's actually about the the the, the trust it's about mm-hmm. the belief it's about mm-hmm. the willingness and I exactly. think it's also something maybe to do with the you know, with the culture of the of the company because there is like the I, I think that they had to have the high level of the discipline and self-discipline that actually the rest was following the 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 initiators of this idea exactly because exactly. you need to have everyone on board to do it and I I just would like to hear uh, on on a on a site, mention how Toyota did it because they actually went down on the working floor and they asked employees, How can we do it better? How can we do it easier? So instead of doing it top down, they asked people from the working floor, Guys, help mm-hmm. us with that. And because yeah. of people, who are doing it for 20 years, they know how to do it. They see the problems on a daily basis with their own eyes. They, they do it even knowing that maybe it could be better, but in, since no one asks, they never tell. But if right. they were asked, they came up with a lot of improvements, and so management actually capitalized on already existing talents only by being open to listen to its personnel. And yeah. I think is, is this a, a reason to buy in? I, Jose, yeah. what do you think?
0: Yes, I think that you (laughs) already also gave the the answer of how is uh, how cognitive flexibility can be uh, used or applied Um, There are one can think about this as okay, what can bring uh, To the company the necessity to apply cognitive flexibility, that's how we use it For example, in this case they went to the plant, to the people that knew, uh, that suggested things. And this, if there will be a company with a culture that would not want to do this, they will not have the challenge or the opportunity to be flexibly, uh, to be cognitive flexible. So um, the idea is that uh, whenever we want to uh, innovate. And to be in a situation, we need a challenge, a challenging idea to the one that we already have. And that's why in, you know, in in, uh, product design and uh, strategy, the best thing is to have people that don't agree with you, or that have another perspective about how the thing should be. And challenge, it's good. (laughs) And <laughs> because we tend to establish a very strong um, idea about what we are sure about, because it's
1: good. And it's if it's like that, how we can... Because we know that those changes, those transitions, they're actually maybe in 70% of the times, they're unsuccessful. So how can we... If, if how what, what makes the difference between successful and non-successful? And how can we give some of, the, of our listeners a, a, a little bit hint of how they should approach the process like that in their daily business? Because I can imagine there is, of course, nowadays a lot of companies struggling with this. And innovation is something that is standing just in front of our doors in terms of digitalization of processes, manufacturing, um, computer systems, ordering, recruitment, planning, strategizing sales processes so actually on, on all aspects of business there is an innovation there is a flexible of the community flexibility needed and so how can we help our listeners and give them a short uh, set of advices to mm-hmm. um, deal with this for their own organization make sure that they will be in this 30 percent of successful transitions what do they need yeah. what should they do what should they avoid
0: okay um, first of all, um, the size of the company is very important. We are not uh, uh, thinking about the same time of uh, what it needs to be done when it's a global enterprise and when it's a, a small business. Uh, both can have a technical similar need, but the how it's approached is not the same, and. N- When we are talking in general, the most important thing is that once the urgency is identified, it needs to be amplified, (laughs) because we are animals that need uh, motivation. And the motivation to change is crucial. And, you know, in change management, this is the first important point. But, what it comes after and during, it, it needs to be focused on the people, because uh, we tend to follow uh, a procedure and we forget that each people can have really an effect on the whole plan. And what we are proposing is to really pay attention to those key players and those key players about their teams. To really pay attention to which is the tendency of each person involved in the change about their flexibility to change. Um, why? Because this will be, uh, a, um, let's say, a, a very strong influence in how the project of innovation. Uh, It's uh, done, like the six-month, one-year project, but not only that, it will help to crystallize that change. Um, How? Bringing more discussions, Uh, trying to really identify the key people that can have a strong uh, unflexibility and show them that wait it's not that you are I mean not directly there are different things that we can do about these uh, people but sometimes we think that yeah they have an idea we cannot change it Uh, they are uh, don't believe in the in the company they need to go but maybe just maybe they are just not aware that the problem is that they have less capacity, or they are less uh, open to consider new things. And this might be because they haven't been trained on this. So by adding this uh, a little bit more of training to be flexible, we can influence the whole chain from the bottom to the top to facilitate. This change. Um, this sounds time-consuming, but I can assure that the, the companies that invest millions in uh, transformational change management, they can see that if they want to be in those 30% of success cases, they can focus a little bit more on these crucial people that can really influence the people around them. To be a little bit more flexible, so paying attention to the people, even if it's a big uh, structure, and how ha- and to have strategies to crystallize after the 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 uh, change process, uh, the regular process is uh, is expected to to finish, so the actual result can be. Uh, extended not only until the end of the project, but actually for the next years to come uh, in the company. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so the
1: people people need to be put central at the end of the day. So it's actually uh, that's a, that's the crucial part of right of all the At the, the end challenges. of
0: the day. Yeah. Yes, and cognitive flexibility is something that we you need to look personally. This is not something that you can say, okay, this group, uh, I will think that everybody works the same way, and I will tell them the same to everyone. No, one can do that to check who are the ones that need a little bit more of training, of uh, attention. And really, this can change the whole result of the whole project just by focusing on some people. Yes, Mm -hmm. Uh, people is central, and not by using a standardized process you are sure that everybody will react the same way. And I think that everybody knows that everybody is different, and this is a common sense. Everybody talks about this like it's logical. But then why don't we use this logical thing into big strategies? It's time, it's resources, it's money? Yes. But we need to understand that by focusing on this, we can really leverage our investment and save costs after. This is a... (laughs) one needs a lot of cognitive flexibility to also uh, understand and be willing to apply this uh, idea and invest a little bit more or um, invest a little bit more smarter. So, yes. Yeah. People yeah. central, and check these points and uh, focus on flexibility, so their ideas can be listened and.
1: So the 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 one needs to understand, the leader needs to understand, or whoever is responsible for the executing the change needs to understand. It's not up to him completely if the success will be. And um, uh, if we'll be there, uh, the transition will be successful because he actually should have a role, more of the facilitator of change oh, and okay. more of the promoter. So mm-hmm. uh, I think we could we could look here at the, some of the tools that uh, that Juan might used And I think we also did some research uh, a couple of months ago, uh, Jose, on the um, um, going more in-depth into eight uh, steps of the change uh, by Professor uh, John Cotter. And uh, I think we discussed today the first step of it, the um, uh, sense of urgency. But Mm -hmm. then, of course, the the one that follows is to create the team, the Mm team that will be this this key team, the core team, that will help you execute the, the change. And by core team, we understand getting the right people on board, the influencers, the people that ha, have a, a voice within the organization, that, that the voice that will be followed. Because you, yes. you need the critics, you need the challengers on on your team, but you also need people that will support the change at the end of the day. Because if the team is not on board for the change, Uh, the owner of the CEO or the manager of department can forget that this change will be success. It needs to go top-down, so the C-suite needs to be uh, supporting the change, but the team need to execute it on a daily basis, and that's why the sense of urgency is step one. That's why creating of a core team is number two, and that's why the personnel needs to be uh, and have a central place in this process, and, and only then the, the change can be done. And innovation, as we said, is nothing else as change. And to okay. change, one needs cognitive flexibility that will allow him to think about the possibility of change because Excellent. it's not enough to see that the world is changing. We can see and observe. But in order to change the world, we need to change ourselves. And to change mm-hmm. ourselves, we need to encourage ourselves to mm-hmm. change and yes. understand how it's possible and understand if it's difficult for us, why it's difficult. And here, of course, is this, this, this step of the uh, neuroscientist. Uh, 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 the, the, the touch of neuroscience is so crucial because it allows us to understand not only the the effect, but the cause and the reason behind it and processes behind it. So I think, uh, um, as we saw, yeah. the Toyota was extremely successful about it and was flexible, and because of that, it allowed them to be innovative. And, um, and we, um, uh, Jose, we will be talking next week about uh the second topic that we chose yeah. out of 5 uh we will focus on the um, um uh, on succession planning uh mm-hmm. succession planning uh, for the company and we also chose the example of a Unilever uh, mm-hmm. to deliver that topic to our mm-hmm. listeners um, succession yeah. planning plays a major role uh, in the future of, of the of companies and and making sure that the future will be secured the right yes. leader the right people on the right place understanding the needs of the company the direction company goes into knowing the company knowing the industry is of course crucial and it will be crucial for the major companies in the future and as it is right now but also for the small businesses Especially maybe for those who listen to us, the owners of small businesses from the um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, from the uh, generation uh, of uh, um, uh, how you call it the boom, the the child mm-hmm. boom or the birth boomers, the baby, boom. uh, the baby boomers, yeah, from the 50s. This uh, group will, of course, retire uh, within the uh, next uh, uh, decade, within next years. And there will be a lot of companies that will struggle with the executive uh, surge on that uh, to, to make sure uh-huh. that the leader will be replaced uh, uh, properly, uh, also to ensure the proper development, further development of the company. So we're going to touch on this topic next week. And yes. um, Jose, what... Uh, what could you say? How would you like to summarize this uh, yeah. uh, from your side, this po- podcast from today?
0: Yeah, so today the, uh, we discussed innovation and we added the perspective of uh, cognitive flexibility. And we also touched the source of urgency and uh, you also added the, the idea, the second step of building the the team. So I think that I uh, I... I would like next time, next day, when we are going to discuss the um, succession policy and how uh, actually cognitive flexibility also needs to be there uh, to make it uh, effective and successful. Um, And we can, uh, we will bring also like uh, some ideas about the steps of uh, the Cotter 8 steps um, to how we can apply, let's say, cognitive flexibility strategies uh, to make each step to to be more effective. Uh, it's just uh, an added help, and I think that is a, an interesting topic that the the listeners would like to to even have a g- glimpse of the uh, the ideas and what we can suggest. And for today, well, um, the most important thing is that um, in order to innovate uh, there are a lot of things and processes that we need to happen and we believe that they are there, but actually not. It's uh, the result of uh, work uh, because to innovate you need creativity and if you don't have the correct tools, you cannot put it into place. you will stay in the ideas you will not make it happen. So all this is very complex actually and more in a in a big company in an in enterprise. so what we need to focus is how we can potentiate. And how can we set the ground for the innovation to happen? Once it's uh, clear that needs to happen, what can we do as leaders and as uh, part of the team to make it happen and once it happens to make it stay and still be flexible? We will go through all this again, yes, and in the end when we uh, have some more examples we will see that the idea of cognitive flexibility comes back and comes back as a key differentiator uh, on the success of uh, each plan. So, so let yeah. us build
1: up on these steps. It let does. us build up also on this context so we could uh, uh, educate our listeners from one episode to another. Um, well, I think uh, for now, uh, uh, yeah. we had a, a lot of knowledge uh, that we shared, and I, I will be very happy to uh, continue in the next episode, uh, once again, about the succession planning based on a Unilever and of course again with a touch of the business experience and uh leadership plus the uh, neuro and cognitive science um thank you jose for yeah. uh, for today
0: thank jose, you for a good session yeah we we will be <laughs> planning the the next one and i hope to to have uh, some people back and uh Maybe we will uh, ask some questions that uh, next time they can prepare and uh, we will go uh, deep on them.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: thank, thank you. you uh, thank man. you
1: to our listeners as well. And uh, see you guys in the second episode of Cadmus Change podcast uh, in a couple of days. Bye bye. Bye bye.